going to be like an omelet. It's one more thing. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. Or, um, if not an omelet, like a, uh, a skillet, like they have at uh, restaurants where they just, or you do at home. So mm. you just throw it, you know, we got a little ham left. We got a little this, uh, there's a tomato. You throw a little stuff in a skillet and you kind of make a breakfast thing out of it. That's what this, that's what Love this, that. that's what this one, I wish I hadn't talked about this. Now I'm, the smell, the taste of that skillet stuff fried up would be delicious right now but what i was just saying was i got a couple of different things to throw together here for the one more thing podcast in the pan sizzle them together see how it turns out one jerry springer do you remember him he's old now he's dang near 80 did an interview the other day and said he apologizes he thinks he ruined culture (laughs) um i i don't know how much he actually means that i've thought about this a fair amount the slide in the culture in the last well, it's been going on for a very long time, but particularly like the last 23 years, 20 or 30 years ago, the discourse just getting more uh, vile, base, whatever you want to call it. 
Mm-hmm. People using foul language in public and calling each other liars and just everything. It's it's it, Jerry Springer didn't cause it. Nobody caused it. Letterman, who I've blamed before, he didn't cause it. He was he was the right man at the right time for where we just all turned super cynical. Everything, you know. I've talked about that before. When I read the uh, the Last King of Late Night, which is a great book if you like Letterman, but um, he struck upon the national mood at the right time. He's the right guy. Switching from the Johnny Carson, let's have an old woman on here telling her story isn't that sweet and cute, to everything is everything is cynical about everything, the, mm-hmm, the, the David sure. Letterman view. And we were a country ready for it. And that's why we ate it up. Stern at the same time. Springer at the same time. Just you know, headed down that road. I don't know what causes that sort of thing. Do you? I mean, I, I don't think anybody gets credit for starting it. It just, I think these people took advantage of a mood we were heading. It's like Trump. Trump wasn't made by the electorate. He was the right guy at the right time for a mood that was ready right, for correct. Trump to show up. Yeah. Don't yeah. You think? Well, the classic explanation of the cynicism thing, it came out of Watergate and Vietnam and just as everybody realized that we'd been lied to and misled and there was rampant dishonesty everywhere and and uh, we yielded the rest of our time, but F this. Yeah, I don't feel like that hit until like the mid-late 80s, though, that version of it. The Jerry Springer, David Letterman, Howard Stern, that sort of thing. But I don't know. Well, that's because it, it took a while, I think, for any big-ish platform to allow that sort of thing on the air because it was so different. Mm. I mean, because remember, that was back in the day before the democratization of entertainment. There were no YouTube stars. You had to get a show on NBC, for instance. And uh, it took a, quite a long time before Letterman was was on. Mm-hmm. I love David Letterman and, and his show, but it was because I was a cynical man who wanted to make fun of everything. And he was the show for me. Um, different story. New York Post has this. A real nose grown on a woman's arm was transplanted to her face. Uh, hmm. These sorts of things have been in the news a lot, whether you're growing an ear on a rat or a nose on your leg or whatever. What, what is it with the growing various body parts somewhere else? Why don't they grow the ear where you want your ear? Is there a reason? Uh, you grow it on your leg and then put it on your head? What an odd question, and yet an appropriate one. I, I just I think it's got to be under the skin, and the point is you don't have a nose. What a time to so be alive. So you're not going to jam it up into your brain pan. Hmm. Okay. That is amazing for somebody with a a terrible accident or deformity. Sure, it's fantastic. What a time to be alive. And then this. It was a polling of what matters to you uh, at your job, your employment, where you work. And by far the number one is... The coffee machine. The coffee machine. Matters a lot. When it's doubt, it does, yeah. So somebody I know was touting how great their workplace coffee machine was the other day, and I said, hey, take a picture of it, because I uh, maybe I'll get a new coffee machine or whatever. And they just love it. And I uh, checked it out, and it's Nestle Pods. So it doesn't use the K-Cups, which are ubiquitous. I mean, you can't go anywhere. They don't sell those. But it uses Nestle Pods. And I, I fear moving away from the ubiquitous K-Cup and, and having to search for Nestle Pods. But I did some uh, 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 looking around or searching around, and the reviews are the flavor is way better in the Nestle pods, Wait of like a, a real drip cup of coffee as opposed to the K cups. And it it and they used the example of you got used to digital music and you don't remember how much it's been watered down till you listen. One of my causes. That's you right. Listen, listen to a real album or at you know a different different kind of digital music. You realize how much 
you've been missing. They said the same thing is with the K-cup. You've gotten used to the K-cup flavor of coffee. You go back to the real drip cup of coffee. You're, oh, yeah, that's what coffee used to taste like. So I don't know. I might look into that. Hmm. If you, um, you know, text or email or whatever if you've tried the Nestle pods or how hard they are to find or whatever. Yeah, hang on a second. I'm going to do a little... Uh little search here. Nestle coffee. Uh, Nestle coffee. I mean, is I assume it's a Nestle coffee maker, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know who makes it. I know that's what they, the pods that they used. I mean, like my local huh. grocery store has got, like your local grocery store, wherever you are, has got a whole wall of various K-cups. Whether you want to get Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks or whatever, or some cheaper house brand, but I don't know about the Nestle pods. Nescafe Dolce Gusto coffee pods. Yeah, that sort of thing. Huh. Anyway, I might look into that. That's a good-looking pod right there. (laughs) You can smell the aroma. Uh, But company values, it's not the coffee pot, Michael. It's actually 93%. The number one said, is there anybody who can't guess this? Freaking salary. How much you pay me? Freaking money. That's the only reason I'm here. That's what got me in the door. But so then they're looking at the other things that ranked high. And this ranked surprisingly high to me. 57% said the company's workplace values are very important to them. 57%. You know, I'd prefer my company not be murdering people, but I'm willing to be flexible on the question. I don't know. How many puppies did we have to grind to meet the oh, geez, too goal much. this too quarter? <laughs> Freaking puppy grinders. Barbaric. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I have limits like everybody, but I never think about it. I wonder if that's an age thing. If you're younger. Here in amalgamated industries, we're working hard to phase out our slaves. And we expect by the end of the decade, we'll be down to no more than 5,000. So 50, very important 57%. 29% somewhat important. Nine percent, not very. Three percent, not at all. I'm I'm somewhere between not at all and not very. I've never thought about it in my life, and I wonder if that's just an age thing. And the younger crowd, who I'm not going to buy those jeans because I don't think they're sustainable. Like every time I go to buy clothing products, they talk about how sustainable they're. I never think about that either. I want a pair that's of socks. You're a bad person. I want a pair of socks. How much water do you use to make my socks? I don't know. Give me some socks. As much as it takes. Um, so what are, what are my choices again? Uh, so the criteria again is a workplace's values, purpose, or contribution to society. It's hmm. very important to you, somewhat important, not very, not at all. Don't know, which yeah. is always my favorite category. Oh, I don't know. Well, uh, How do you not know? I don't know. Not, v- well... Not at all. I mean, doesn't that bring to mind all sorts of hypotheticals? Well, right. So that's why I said I'm between not very and not at all. The only reason I wouldn't check not at all is because, yeah, if for some reason you feel like you got to shoot a puppy to hit the quarterly mark, I'd rather you didn't. But, I mean, pretty much short of that, I don't ever think about it. Well, if you're stealing, like, technology and giving it to the Chinese military, I'm not working for you. Right. Yeah, okay, so I have limits like everyone. Yeah, I guess, but... Very important. Do you think your kids, uh, young adults, care about, like, think about this? Um, Maybe some, but not a ton. Okay. Because I don't have any sense of it whatsoever. But the answer here was 57% said it's very important. 
Our values here are making money, our revenue exceeding our costs. My value is uh, working here as long as you want me, and I still feel like it's worth it to me. That's my main value. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're just bitter old guys, but it would take some pretty egregious behavior before I'd think this company's values don't align with mine. I don't agree with that characterization of, well, maybe old, but bitter, just for expecting a job to provide you a salary, and uh, you show up and do your job, and they pay you for it. I don't, I don't expect much more than that. Well, the, the very idea of a corporation having, like, overt values is a little odd. Not completely odd. I mean, successful corporations have had, uh, you know, foundations, charity wings, and that sort of thing, which is nice. Yeah, you know, now that you talk about it, I wonder how much of it is phony. So you want to work for a corporation that throws a whole bunch of money at Black Lives Matter um, and says it out loud in a tweet? Uh, that's what you want? That's what you yeah, mean I by value? I think to a large extent, yeah. Yep. Okay. That, I want that them to be. virtue signal and, and do it for stuff I agree with. Right. And they have to. That's the other part of it that's weird. The very question, does, does you know, I'm looking around. All right, here's a copy your paper. <clears throat> I'm working for a paper company. And for me to be happy there, they've got a tweet that they're down with whatever. They have to have a rainbow flag on the uh, the pinned tweet the right time of the year, that sort of Otherwise, stuff. Otherwise, I'm not going to work for Dunder Mifflin and distribute paper uh, throughout the, the the Near East and Midwest. Yeah, I could believe that the younger crowd cares about that more. I just it's just something I've never thought about in my life, ever. Yeah, yeah. I have my values. I don't need my company to to spout them. Hmm. Interesting. That's another thing you could email about, and whether or not you care about that. The Simpsons had an episode where the bitter cafeteria worker was asked, where do I put the beef patties for the kids? She just looked at him and said, on the floor. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's the lack of values there. <laughs> well, I guess that's it. I just saw that episode the other day. On the floor. Dad, <laughs> for Valentine's Day. Where do you want the beef hearts? On the floor. <laughs> right. <laughs> If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.